mankind, our present administration, all the Republicans, all the Democrats, all put together, all Americans, all put together, is not going to bring a utopia upon this earth. It's not going to happen. It's impossible to happen because man is only working with an old sinful nature. He's not working with the power of God to change people's lives. Therefore, it cannot be, and it will never be. There is no peace to the wicked, saith the Lord. There is no peace to the wicked, saith the Lord. It can't happen. It's impossible. So, the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 14, the Lord's coming back. And He's going to gather all the nations of the earth together. And He's going to put them in a great big old bowl. And He's going to pull in these grape vines. Then He's going to stomp these grapes with His feet. And the blood's going to run as high as a horse's bridle. That's going to take place at a place called Armageddon. I have been there a few times. I've watched this big valley. And I've stood there and I've studied it. And I think, how deep is this blood going to be? And I can't believe it because it's a huge valley. It's a big plain. But you'll notice this. Look in verse 6. In the Old Testament, talking about Jesus coming back and His feet touch upon the Mount of Olives. Remember, He's already been pierced. Chapter 12 and verse 10, He's already been pierced. Chapter 13 and verse 6, He's already been pierced in His hands and His feet. That's why, because He came the first time. Remember the first time He came, He came as a lamb and was slaughtered, nailed to a cross. The second time He comes back, the Bible says He comes back in power and great glory, and God is going to take judgment upon the earth. These nations are going to come against Israel. It forces Israel to realize without Jehovah they have no hope, and they will be born as in a day in chapter 7 of the book of Romans. They will see Him. Where did you get those wounds? I got them the first time I came in the house of my friends. They're the ones that did this to me. And Jesus Christ, they are going to believe on Him. And God's going to take that little old bitty nation, and they're going to believe on the Lord. But look what He says here in verse 4. And His feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. Half of the mountain removed toward the north and half toward the south, and there will be a very great valley and so forth in this place. Now, the Lord is going to do some great things. And He says that there's going to be a great valley, and there's going to be the water that's come from the Mediterranean all the way down into the Dead Sea and a, a river, and it's going to have life in it, and people are going to sit on the banks and go fishing. You said, is that really in the Bible? No, I made it all up. No, it's in the Bible. But now, look down there in verse 12. In verse 12 of this same chapter, where it says, And this shall be the play wherewith God will smite all nations that have come against Jerusalem in the battle. And that while they stand upon their feet, their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their flesh will consume away off their bones. Now, I wonder what kind of a battle that could be where the flesh just falls right off your bones. Now, the Bible describes, I believe there's going to be a time coming where some nut is going to push a button and something's going to happen. It wouldn't surprise me before we get out of here that we don't see a mushroom cloud over some city. I have an idea how I could solve a few of these world problems if I was the president, but I'm not. But I have a couple ideas. But so... I can't change those things. 
So I just believe the most important thing is, is though we know it, and we know what's going to take place, we ought to be busy doing what God wants us to do. I had a man by the name of John Granbush. He ran for governor in Colorado. He was a Christian science. And we're sitting in a restaurant one day, and he wanted me to get the people from the church and college, all that, to vote for this man. And anyway, i sitting there listening to him. He says, one thing I can't stand, and I'm just sitting there listening, is these people that believe in the rapture. He says, they believe in the rapture, and they won't get involved in trying to preserve our country. I says, um, I believe in the rapture. And I believe in preserve our country as best we possibly can. He said, well, maybe you're just different than the rest of them. He says, we got to talk about his religion. He was a Christian science. Christian science, you know, there is no sin. And there is, there's no death. There, there's no sickness. So I find out later he was in the hospital. I went to see him. I said, I remember that conversation we had. I said, what are you doing here? He says, I think I'm sick. I said, you just think you're sick, but you're not really sick. No, I just think I'm sick. It wasn't long after that he thought he was dead. <laughs> he was dead. He died. Denial doesn't solve the problem. There is truth. <laughs> there is a lie. And people believe a lie. And that's what he says in the Second Corinthians in chapter 2, is that people will not believe the truth. Therefore, God will send them strong delusions that they may believe a lie. That they all might be damned who would not believe the truth of the gospel. They wouldn't believe it. You can't make people believe it. But understand this. Look in verse 9. He says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and His name one. There's only one true and living God. I've had somebody say, you mean, don't you have respect for other people's religious beliefs? No. Because God doesn't. God says all the religions of the world are wrong. If it's not His, it's wrong. If it isn't true Christianity, it's wrong. Now, what am I supposed to do? Say, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's wrong. It's either true or it's a lie. I don't know how to compromise. I've tried to figure out how can I compromise without being so strong and, you know, dogmatic, you know. But I don't know how to compromise. I don't know, what, what do you do? If this is the truth, anything <laughs> don't come up to it, it's wrong. People say, yeah, you just need to learn how to be a good politician. That's where you can step on somebody's shoes and tell them where to go without it hurting their feelings. I don't know how to do that. So that when you come to church, I try to be as sweet and nice as I can. You ought to see me if I was really mean and ugly. You're seeing my good side. This is the way I, this is my, my put on Christian, you know. Ain't I nice? See how nice I am? But I have beliefs. I have a core belief that I don't want to move for nobody. But now, notice what he says here in verse 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year and worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and keep the feast of tabernacle. See here, when the king comes back, there is this battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation period. And whatever is left over, 
When the Bible talks about in Matthew, one taken and one left. Book of Luke, one taken and one left. And the question was asked, where, Lord? Most people never ask, where were they taken? People automatically think, well, that's in the rapture. No, 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 no. That's talking about here. That's the rapture over there. We're not talking about the rapture. Matthew doesn't talk about the rapture. It's not in there. Where are they taken? One taken and one left. And it says they were taken where the eagle is, there where the, where the bodies are, there where the eagles be gathered together. This is why in Revelation chapter 19, when Christ comes back in power and great glory, and it says, call for all the eagles. Let them come and let them feast upon these bodies because that's where they were taken. That's not the rapture. That's whenever people get sidetracked and they try to put something into it. It don't fit there. It doesn't go there. So he says that when this takes place, then there's going to be the judgment of the nations. The warriors, the armies have been taken care of. And then there's the judgment of the nations. And those believing on the Lord will go into the millennium. Those who do not will be cast into hell. And that's why the millennium starts off with all believers. But there will be people upon the earth that can still have kids. Now, I hate to break your heart, but I don't believe it's you. Unless God got another plan that I don't know about. But I believe here, you and I, we're going to have our glorified bodies. The next thing to happen according to God's timetable is for you and I to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. When he talks about this corruptible must put on incorruption. It means the bodies of the people that have already died and gone to heaven to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. The bodies that have corrupted will put on incorruption. They'll have a, a new body. We that are alive when this takes place shall be made immortal. Mortal means subject to death. Immortal means you will be not subject to death anymore. A generation of people living that will never physically ever die. Now, if the Lord came back today, we would be that generation. And it only happens one time. These things only happened once. See, God has laid things out, and God is right dead on schedule. Don't worry about it. You see what's going on in the world? Don't worry about it. You aren't going to change it. That's not my purpose and not my goal. My goal is just to do faithfully what God told me to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's what we try to do. And teach them. If by winning and teaching, those people are able to change their government, so be it. It ought to be. There's nothing wrong with that. I believe we ought to change every nation among the face of the earth. But in 2,000 years, how have we done? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then teach them the truth. Does it look like we're winning? Look at the world. We are probably a little worse than we were when it started. Look how many more people there are now than there was back then. I don't know how many people back then. I didn't count them, but I got a hunch. Dude, we got a lot more now. It could be maybe 4 billion people, 6 billion people, more than what we had back then. But just think of the opportunity God gives to us. 
And the most important thing we'll ever find out is did we or did we not lose ourselves in that which God told us to do. Lose your life for his sake and the gospel, the same shall find it. So God has given us this information and he wants us to do something with it. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Revelation chapter 16. Revelation in chapter 16. Revelation 16. And notice what it says in verse 13. This is God pouring out His judgment upon the earth. That's going to be during this tribulation period. He will use the devil to perform His will. The devil thinks he's just doing his own thing. But God says he's got a plan too. And His plan overrides the devil's plan. And so in Revelation in chapter 16, look in verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, that's the devil, out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, and that's the religious, the false prophet, the Antichrist and the devil himself. You have the unholy trinity. Remember, the unholy trinity is mocking the holy trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The devil is mimicking, copying. But remember, that's all he can do is imitate. He's not the real thing. He's not the real deal. That's why you and I, though we live in a sensible world and you don't see the devil, he is offering you things, but it's not the real deal. What the Lord has for us, that's what the real deal is. And when we get to heaven and be involved in all that God has for us, we'll be so glad we believe what He said. Though we can't see everything, we live by faith, not by sight. We don't go by what we see. You don't turn the news on every night to find out, what do I do with my life tomorrow? It shouldn't change. You just do what you always do. Do right. Always do right. Just do right. Serve the Lord and do right. You say, but you can suffer consequences. Then suffer the consequences. What's the worst thing that could happen to any Christian? The worst thing that could ever happen to any Christian, and you'll find out it's the best thing that can happen to a Christian. What is it? Dying and going to heaven. We all want to go there, right? We all want to get there, right? But you don't want to leave here to get there. Think of how wonderful it's supposed to be in heaven. And about all our loved ones that have already died. Just think about what Hank's probably up there doing right now. And he's probably up here saying, man, I wish y'all were here. Would we say, Hank, boy, we wish you were here. Hank's probably here, I wish you were here. Well, if we was going to take a load today, how many would volunteer to go? <laughs> there would probably be a few of you that just can barely, can barely make it. <laughs> Look what else he says here in verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils. Now, you can't see them. Working miracles. Don't you believe just for a moment that somebody like Benny Hinn, he works miracles. No, he doesn't. The devil works miracles. If it's not of God, it's of the devil. You have got to understand, just because somebody can, and you, oh, and they fall backwards. In the Bible, they fell forward. Benny Hinn and the other, they always fall back. And they always got to have somebody to catch them. And they always go, oh, somebody's going to catch me. I just stand back in the boom. <laughs> well, I would. I would. I just thought I'd do. 
I mean, you say, well, I, just, I believe all that. You ought not believe none of that junk. That's just milking the people and making merchandise out of people. It's not teaching them the truth. It's all based upon a lie. And so the devil can do miracles. You understand that. And just because somebody did a miracle doesn't mean it was of God. Look what else he says here. In verse 14, For they are the spirits of devil working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth, get that, to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them in together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. You've heard about Armageddon. This is the real story of what's going to take place. Now, understand, look here in chapter 15 of Revelation, chapter 15, where he talks about these things that are going to take place upon the earth. And he's going to look in verse 3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Thou King of saints. This is what is going to take place. All the Christians, one day, the Bible says, and this is in the book of uh, Daniel in chapter 8, chapter 11, where it talks about the saints shall possess the kingdom. Now, take your Bible real quick and look in Revelation chapter 17. Since we're right here in the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about this last world power. There's going to be ten toes, ten kings, and ten horns. They're all the same thing. You'll find it mentioned in Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7. And here it's talking about these ten kings. They're all three the same. And when they rule here, they give their power to one man that will be the head of this last one world government. And the Bible says, Christ comes back in the days of these kings. So you see there in verse 12, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto thee. It sounds almost like a democratic rule. Maybe we need somebody to say, we need to go all around the world and establish democracies. We want all these countries to be Democrats. Wait a minute. That's not the answer. It's not the answer in America either. America is not a democratic philosophy. It is a Republican philosophy. Our form of government is Republican, not Democratic. And most people never get it. They have never figured it out. We got legislators. No, 50, they, they don't understand it. But that's okay. Look what he says here. In verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is the Lord of lords, King of kings, and they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. And this is the one that's talking about coming back. See in verse 16? The ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, we'll get into this one of these days, and shall make her desolate, naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill His will, and to agree, and give their kingdom unto the beast. They will give their kingdoms. They will want a one world government. There's people and nations that believe that if we had a one world government, 
we would have peace upon the earth. There's people right now in our legislature in Washington that believe we ought to do away with our national sovereignty and go with the United Nations and we will have peace. There's people here that's already ready to vote for stuff like that. I don't believe it's the right direction to go. I believe that we ought to keep our sovereignty and not have any international law that controls American law. Anyway, that's just another thought. And it says, and they will do this and do it voluntarily. So this last world power, he's going to take over because he's going to promise, 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 promise. And you know these politicians keep their word. <laughs> going to promise. Oh, we'll do that for the sake of peace. See, if there's only one world government, who are you going to fight? See there? Don't it make sense? It'll make sense. We just need a one world currency. A one world health system. Because you know how, you know, the health care system is so good. And beneficial for everybody. You know, affordable care. As long as somebody's somewhere paying for it. I'll never get done today. I think you've already sensed that. But let me show you. If you don't want to be here when this takes place, and you don't want to be here when this takes place, the rapture could take place at any time. There's nothing to hold it back. When that happens, the worst period of time upon the earth is going to happen here. And if you don't believe the truth, you will believe the lie. You'll believe the lie. Now let me tell you what the truth is. Because I want you to believe the truth. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now God says He loves us, but He hates our sin. For us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves everyone, wants everyone to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect. See, if we went to heaven the way we are right now, well, we would do in heaven what we do here. What? We lie here, we cheat here, adultery here, murder here. We would do all of that up there. God took all of us right now just the way we are. We would do up there what we do here. And God said, uh-uh, you're not coming up here unless you're perfect. i got a perfect place, and I'm not messing it up. You messed it up down there. You're not messing it up up here. You've got to be perfect to get there. You say, well, how is that possible? That's the problem. You have to be perfect. Not good, perfect. No sin can enter into heaven. So how are you going to get there? And all the religions of the world are trying to help you to be good enough that you'll make it. And it's impossible. You can't change what you are. God said that he loves us, hates our sin. We're guilty. Heaven is perfect. We're not. Therefore, we can't get in. God says you cannot earn eternal life. Your good works will not make you any better. If you was to pile on a thousand good works, it won't take away one bad sin. Even a little bitty one can't wash it away. How can I be just with God? That's a question that Job asked. How can a man... Be just with God, just as if he had never sinned. Well, there's only one way. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Because we were in a predicament that we could not get out of. We had no hope. So he came into the world. He has no sin. He never did anything wrong. So because he loved us, he was willing to take all of our sins and pay for them. 
And this payment that he made would be put to our account if we would believe that he died, was buried, and rose again for us. When I was 18 years old, I heard this for the first time. I knew I was a sinner, and I could not save myself. But I heard that Christ paid for my sins. He died for me so that I wouldn't have to pay for my sins. And all I had to do was believe he did it for me, and he would put this payment to my account. I go to heaven because he just took all my sins and washed them all away. I have been made pure and holy in the eyes of God, not because of anything that I've done, but because of what he did for me. He gave me his righteousness. He took my sins, and when I believe it, he gives me his righteousness. Now, if he gave me his righteousness, that would make me as righteous as God. So now God says, you're good to go. So when I die here, my old sinful nature is in my flesh, in my body. So I'm going to leave it here, and it goes back to dust. I get to go to be with the Lord in heaven. I have been made pure and holy, set apart, sanctified, fit for the master's use. This is what God does for you. This is why it's so important for everyone to trust Christ as their Savior. Let's pray, shall we? Head bowed, eyes closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this? Lord, I don't understand it all. I've got questions. I've got doubts. But I believe that when Christ died, I believe He died for me. And right now, the best I know how, I will trust Jesus Christ to take me to heaven whenever I die. And friend, if you will do that, God said He would save you. Save you right now, give you eternal life. And you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Would you do that? I'm going to ask in just a moment you to raise your hand, but that's just to let me know. I want to have prayer for you. And if you're watching on internet, there's a, a, a little line there that just says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. Why don't you just click that on? And that just lets us know that you trusted Christ as your Savior today. If you've already trusted the Lord, you don't need to do so. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, is there anyone at all here that say, preacher, that made sense to me, and I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die, and I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior right now. Would you just slip your hand up quickly and put it right back down? Is anyone at all? Anyone at all? Our Father, we do thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to study your word. We pray that we'll take heed to these things and realize that we're living in a, yes, a world of crisis. It's always that way. We may never be able to change that. But Father, we know that what's coming down the road is is something that all believers can look forward to, and that's the blessed hope. You're coming again for us. But if we should die in this old world, we know that be absent from the bodies to be present with you. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid. Don't have to live in fear because we put our trust and our hope in you. Thank you so much for this church, the people that make it possible, for those that watch online. We just pray your will to be done in each person's life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.